How do you live in the material world coming from spiritual understanding? So, in other words, your question is like, how do I apply um, the spiritual understanding to the material world? Um, you know, the, the process of bhakti yoga is quite deep and quite um, encompassing. It's not just singing mantras um, once in a while, but actually there is a part, a, pro, a part of bhakti yoga is called karma yoga. You've heard karma yoga. So, in this world, everybody, they do things for a purpose. That's why everybody's here. They're on a mission. And you know what the mission is? The mission is um, get as much happiness for myself as possible. Right? That's the goal. I get as much pleasure, get as much happiness. I'm the most important person in my life. So karma yoga means abandoning that. Means putting um, Krishna first. So it means you do everything that you do already, but you change who you do it for. So you might have a you might be a secretary, or you might be a, a you know, laborer, or you might be a bus driver, or you might be a cook, or whatever. But you take what you do, what you do, and instead of thinking I'm doing this for myself, actually do it for God. So what does that mean? So it means that, like, I develop a service, a servant attitude towards God, rather than a God is my servant attitude. They'll promote their religion for what you can get out of it. Like, for example, like. If you join our religion, then you get to get a seat in heaven, right? Because of their, uh, because they're interested in, their interest is their self. They weigh it up. Okay, so I do this amount of amount of, amount of hours of church going, and then I get this much time in heaven. So I'm going to take that deal. I'm going to go for it, right? So, but this is always me centered. I'm the center. And if you look at, sometimes you look at pictures of, that they'll, they'll promote, like one, one time this person from, I think it was a Jehovah's Witness, they came and they, they came to my door and they, they had a picture of heaven. So it was basically, it was like a white picket fence, there was a lion and a sheep or, or something, or a tiger and a sheep getting along, like they weren't fighting. There was some, some lemonade there and, and um, it basically looked like this place I used to live in in Hawaii called Kailua, except the animals got along. You know, it was a beautiful place, white picket fence and everything. And, uh, and this is their idea, this is heaven, this is where there's all peace and people just drinking lemonade, you see? Um, so, uh, so I said, well, where's God in the photo? And it was kind of like, well, we don't, we don't know, like, you know, he's not really there. And I said, I see, I see. So, is that they're not very interested in, in serving God. They're interested, their interest really is getting this heavenly kind of state, right? 
and this is art. And, and when we hear that, we're like, you know, because we're, we have this, you know, everybody in this world has this um, consciousness. When we hear that, we're like, well, yeah, of course, everybody wants to, he- to live in a heavenly state with no problems and everybody getting along. And this is my idea of a good time, right? So, this, the bhakti yoga system is meant to take us out of that consciousness, to take us out of the me-centered, I-centered consciousness. What's what I like is what I what I desire. See, this is like if you hear, if, you know, most people they hear something like this and they're like, well, you know, how am I going to get away get away from that? It's such a foreign concept that my will is to be dovetailed with somebody else's will. What, 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 in other words, what God wants, the, the, the yoga consciousness or the, the pure consciousness is not what I want, it's but what God wants, right? So if God wants this, then I want that for myself, right? So this comes from love. You know, when you love someone, then you want to please them. You see? So, when somebody is coming into this consciousness, or they're in that consciousness, more and more there is a desire they, they find when they do something, if they're not doing it for God, they're feeling, oh, it's kind of a waste of time, or it's a waste of time. Because when they do things, when, do, do, when they do the same thing they do, do normally, but they do it for God instead, then they experience a connection with God in their heart, a closeness to God. And this is like the fuel that they live off of, this, this connection with God. So this is the word yoga, it means this connection, this union with God. And so karma yoga, this action uh, in union with God, is, is how, in other words, karma yoga means, karma means action, with karma, and union with God is yoga. So action and union with God is how people live. They do things actually for God. So in other words, I use the example of a bus driver, okay? So the bus driver, there, there can be two bus drivers, two different buses. They look like they're doing the exact same thing, right? But one's doing it for the consciousness, okay, I'm gonna, the fruits of my action here, the money, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, with this money, I'm gonna go to the movies, I'm gonna um, get some, uh, something, you know, some nice alcohol, some, some, you know, some, just, I'm gonna spend it on my house or whatever, right? They're just thinking, what, what can I do with this money, right? So, the yogi, he's driving the bus, right? So the yogi's driving the bus, and he's thinking, um, with this money, I have to support my needs. I have to buy my, I, I need a house to, to live in and so on. But my joy, when I get to use this money to serve Krishna somehow. You see, this is my joy. So, um, so his activity of driving the bus becomes a transcendental experience. A close, he, it brings him closer to God, and he's experiencing close, close, closeness with God while he's driving the bus. This lights up his heart with happiness, this closeness to God. So he's driving the bus happy. You see, and the other bus driver, he's driving the bus just miserable. You see? Because even though we can have so much sensual enjoyment, but it's like, it's like feeding the, it's like just taking care of the body. But if we want to take care of the soul, in other words, if we want to be happy, 
then we need to have a connection with God. You see? So when we do things in connection with God, uh, then to the degree of how purified our heart is, we experience more greater great joy from that. You see. So as a person practices bhakti yoga and he the, the central practice of bhakti yoga is hearing and chanting God's names. This purifies his heart. So more and more it brings about this connection with God and then this desire to serve God. You see? Comes alive. You see? Like these posters I put up, right? I come here for, you know, like I usually come here around 4 or 5 o'clock for my 8 o'clock class and I just go around and put up posters. And um, I. And I. I, no, nobody pays for the, I have to buy the posters too, right? So it's like the money I get from my hustling cars, I get, I get some money from that, right? And then so I get to use a portion of that to use in my service to God, right? And I could spend that same money and go to the movies. I could spend that same money and go on a vacation somewhere. But it doesn't satisfy my soul one bit. It doesn't make it doesn't, you know, make my heart happy at all to do those things. But when I get to go around and put up posters and 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 do this, it's it's like my it's my connection to God and it 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 it, it gives me a, a source of joy that no money can buy, you see? So um, this is how you connect, right, your everyday life. Okay? Did I ask your question? Yeah. Any other questions? Uh, I can see a question in there. Yeah, I was thinking about consciousness. Yeah? Yeah. So, like, what is it like to be in the latest, like, the last stage of Well, not the last, but the highest stage achievable of consciousness possible? I'll let you know when I get there. <laughs> what did they describe it? As. Want me to read you something from someone who's in the highest stage yeah. possible? Okay. I don't know what. You guys probably want to understand most of this, but. See, the highest stage possible is when your heart, your mind, everything is completely in love with God. When a person's in that state of mind, then they're experiencing um, unimaginable blissfulness and happiness in their heart. Something that's way beyond anything you can experience in this world. Me personally, I've tasted a little drop of this. And because I've tasted a little drop, I know there's nothing to be had in this world that compares to it. But to be in this consciousness all the time is not me, unfortunately, yet. But it will be at some point. So, such people are always in love with Krishna and they're always think talking about Krishna, always thinking about Krishna. Always writing about Krishna. But anyway, I'll read you some. This is 
written by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. If you see the line of spiritual masters there on the wall, he's the last one to the right. He he left this world around 1900, I think. And he lived from, from 1838, 1837, around there till somewhere around 1900. But I didn't, I didn't pick out any particular one. I just opened up this PDF file that I have, and I just, I'll just start reading. I'm not even really sure what I'm going to read now. So, but the Son of the Holy Name has appeared in the universe to destroy all forms of ignorance, casting aside all worldly things. The saint become devoted to him alone the sun and this sun the son of the holy name is the remover of the darkness of ignorance O holy name who actually knows your greatness what sort of learned man is capable of singing all your glories O holy name from the very moment you appear on the horizon of the heart the darkness of this material world is almost totally devoured Quickly destroying all remaining darkness, you bestowed divine wisdom upon our spiritually blinded eyes. That divine wisdom gives rise within the heart to pure devotion and an understanding of the transcendental characteristics of Lord Hari. This wonderful pastimes of you, pastime of yours is eternal, and Bhaktivinoda Thakur has understood its essence. The learned man, endeavoring in the process of Jnana Yoga, eventually sees the Supreme Brahman. That realization of Brahman and full knowledge removes all the potential sinful reactions lying within his heart. By dint of Brahman realization, all such potential sinful reactions are destroyed. But unless one undergoes the suffering of current sinful reactions, they will not be destroyed. Therefore, despite being a Brahman realized soul, such a learned man must undergo the current reactions to sins and thus be implicated in the cycle of birth and death. But, O oh, holy name, you are if you are vibrating on the tongue of your unalloyed devotee, then all of his sinful reactions, both past and present lives, are completely destroyed. This truth is sung by the Vedas again and again. O oh, son of the holy name, when you arise on the horizon of the living being's heart, it becomes completely purified. The bondage to materialistic activities and speculative knowledge disappears and the soul's worldly existence comes to an end without any difficulty. Bhaktivinoda Thakur, raising his arm, says, Take up the banner of the Holy Name and walk along sounding the drum of the Holy Name. In this way you will surely obtain the direct audience of Krishna, the holder of the flute. O Holy Name, you possess unlimited forms such as the beloved son of Mother Yasoda, the increaser of the bliss of Gokula, the son of Nanda, and the reservoir of all transcendental mellows. You are the slayer of the demons Putana and Trinavarta, the breaker of the cart, the protector of the cows, the player of the flute, the destroyer of the demons Aga and Baka, the holder of Govardhan Hill, and you are a cowherd boy. You destroyed the Kesi demon, bewildered Lord Balaram, and broke the pride of Indra, the king of heaven. And you are the destroyer of Aristasura, the enchanter of all the young girls of Gokula, and you sport along the sandy banks of the river Jamuna. You delight Srimati Radharani and give life to the Rasa dance. You sport in the groves near Radhakund, performing a variety of pastimes. You are the reservoir of pleasure, attractive to every living being. You remove all inauspiciousness and are the husband of the goddess of fortune.
You are the source of all incarnations, such as Lord Nishringa, the half-man, half-line incarnation, and Matsya. O Harinam, you are pleasing to the cows, the land, and the senses. You are the dwarf Brahmana incarnation, Vamana, and the slayer of the demon Madhu. You are the moon of the Yadu dynasty and, are all, and always wear beautiful garlands of fresh forest flowers. You are the destroyer of the Kaliya serpent, the delighter of Gokula, and you rejoice in the worship of Srimati Radharani. Bhaktivinoda Thakur, understanding your glories, clasps the lotus feet of Rupa Goswami and Sanatana Damodar Goswami and prays, O holy name, According to your sweet will, you are manifest in all these forms and many other many others also. Please let them increase my love and attachment for you. So this is very difficult to understand. But this is the prayers from the heart of someone who's deeply in love with Krishna. You see? But these are all like really, really wonderful, um, you know, it's, it's the basically the depth of the heart of a lover of Krishna just talking about Krishna. Did you guys understand that or get a feeling, a little bit of a appreciation for it? It may be very difficult to understand and you know, especially in the beginning, but the the world of like the world of love for Krishna is so wonderful and there's so many beautiful descriptions of expressions of love that are not in any way um like uh, a dramatic show, you know. It's 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 somebody praying from the depth of their experience, you know, experience or expressing the the core of their heart, their love for the supreme Lord. So, but so is Krishna like the Almighty, or is the is Krishna a manifestation of what God is? No, is Krishna. There? Krishna is is the original. Is, is God, is the original, the source, the cause of all causes, the original cause. Mm -hmm. Like if you, you know, you, you think, okay, I have a mother, right? I have a father. They have a mother and father. They have a mother and father, right? And a hundred millions of times back has a mother and father, right? So the original mother and father, the original is Krishna. You see? He's the original source of everything. So you think, this world was caused, right? And it was caused by this certain thing. And that was caused by this. Right? You think like that. So if you trace back all the causes, there's an original cause. You see? Yeah. So Krishna is the original cause. So but in people's... in to, di to different people, it can be Krishna. To someone, it can be Allah. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's the... This is a different name for the same person. Right, but... Because if you ask... If, if, well, if they're if they're talking about the cause of all causes, if you ask someone who calls God Allah, mm -hmm. you say when you say Allah, what do you mean? And if they say the original cause of all causes, mm -hmm. or something to the effect, then they're speaking about the original cause. You see? So the original cause can be called Allah, or it could be called Krishna, or it could be called Jehovah. It can be called many different names. It's not just Krishna as the name of God, or not just Govinda as the name of God. And who's Brahma? It's the same person. I'm saying? Yeah. So is it like what you were saying before, like, everyone has a personal relationship with God. So, yeah. like, God is there, but his, the observer's reality of God is different to another person's reality of God. 
their vantage point is different. The reality is the same, but their view of God is different right. according to their vantage point. You know, yeah. But there is that source. Yeah. Well, Krishna is. The thing is, with Krishna is that he is what he is. And here's a lot of things we don't understand about Krishna. Like, it's just the way he is, you know? So, Krishna is a, Krishna is a he. That's, you know, he, he's a, always been like that. He's the original one. Nobody made him a he, right? So, I know I'm a he because I know something happened in the womb and I became a he, right? So that's why I was. But Krishna, there was no cause to Krishna. You see? So there's no, you can't say why is he a he because there's no cause. Right? If you're the cause of all causes, if you're the original cause, then how can you, then there's no reason for, except for the fact that he wanted to be. He wants to be. You see? But, don't worry um, that Krishna also has his female expansion, Radharani. You see, there's Radharani there with Krishna. Radharani is Krishna expanded into female form too. So don't worry, he's not sexist. <laughs> Would you um, consider suggesting? Like doing these or just reach God through drugs as well and yoga? Um, do I, sorry, do I recommend doing drugs in order to reach Krishna? No, like doing these or yeah. experience with drugs as well to amplify and just to, you know, to feel more God in. No. Um, you, the drugs will simply make it so you see, you want to, we want to see reality, you know, we want to see what's actually there, right? So it's a, it's a process of, um, uh, spiritual experience. So that necessitates to have, um, to bring the mind under your control, because when your mind is going crazy, when your mind is going wild, then it's very difficult to focus on the heart, right? God is in the heart. So, you want to experience the love, closeness to God. And this is nothing to do with the mind. So, when you take drugs, it just gives your mind free reign. You know, it just, you totally lose control of your mind. And, and... You, your mind becomes a bit of a, you know, wild horse for a while, right? So, uh, I don't recommend that at all because it counteracts what you're trying to do. Yoga, spiritual life is about seeing reality, seeing things as they are, not trying to not trying to see an illusion, right? We're trying to get away from seeing an illusion. We want to see what's actually there. We want. So yoga is a process of self-discovering, di discovering what's there. You know, you take drugs and stuff, you're gonna see stuff that doesn't is not really there. You see, so it's about finding the truth, right? So 
drugs can be beneficial um, to to an ex to, to uh, some people who don't have much awareness that there is another reality other than what they see with their their eyes and their senses. You know, a, a lot of people used to take LSD because it would make them aware of a like another reality or another realm, right? I never took LSD, so I don't know what the experience is like, but it makes people aware of another realm, right? Like, you know, I give the example that right now we're we're aware right now of this external world, right? We're aware of this building, we're aware of the street, we're aware that we're in Sydney, we're aware that like there's stars out there and we're aware of this whole external thing that's going on, right? So that's one reality we're aware of. But there's another reality that you guys are all aware of too. And that's the reality of the astral world, the mental world, right? When you go to sleep, you're not using your eyes, but you're seeing stuff. You're living in this other world, right? You're going, you're flying like a bird or you're getting pushed off a building and and you're not using your eyes, you're just, you're living in this strange world that really, you know, switch changes strangely and strange things happen and, and you're the observer watching the whole thing, right? And, and you wake up and you're like, oh geez, that was scary, you know? You're observing this whole thing that was going on, but that has nothing to do with this world out here. It's all, all in the mental world, you see? So you're aware of this other world, right? So, now, these are the two worlds that people are aware of here, but there's other dimensions as well. There's other worlds. So, the spiritual practice is, uh, yoga practice is entering this, another world, which is the world of the self, the soul. You notice how, like, these worlds are really strange. You have, like, I don't know, you just look outside and it's just strange, you know? Things things are just weird, you know? I mean like you get you get old. You know, your body looks kinda of good for a while and then it just gets like mm -hmm. do you ever like watch like these these like before and after pictures of celebrities? You know, when they used to be like these pretty young things mm -hmm. and then they they, they show now. <laughs> Like they show like from the, when they're nineteen till, and then they show the, the today's image of when they're sixty or something. And you're like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, they look totally like strange now, right? I mean, so you, you you know you have this like you're going around and you're you know you have this pride in your looks and you know you go you walk down the beach and everybody's checking you out, and then. A few, a few, uh, a few years later, you you wearing the same bikini on the beach, and everybody turns away, and you're feeling, oh, you know, you don't feel so good about yourself after all, and just like the strangest, you know, it's just like getting old is such a strange thing, you know, and then one thing is like, and all these like these strange things happen, like we we have like we have relationships, and then, and then, um, and then people just die. People just die, 
You ever had close people die? It's the strangest thing, you know? They're on your, you know, you have them on your phone and, and you go to call and you're like, oh, like, you, you can't call them anymore. They're definitely not going to answer the phone ever again. It's just like they're totally gone forever. And there's nothing you can do. It's like, so you have these friends and they're disappearing and and you're getting old and, and um, you know, and then all these people are like, who have control over you are making it so you suffer. Like they put fluoride in your, you need, you need water to drink, right? And they're putting fucking fluoride in it. Like, have you ever seen like people transport fluoride? You need like a hazmat suit and like, you know, like they get put, the fluoride gets put in these containers that like you can't, you know, you can't go into this room without wearing a full body suit. And then they just take it and they just dump it into the water. And then you have these like, I don't know if they do so much in Australia, but like these like, what do you call the chemtrails? Yeah, chemtrails. Yeah. They have all these things. You have like yeah. these, you have these, all these, these forces that are in control of you, doing whatever they want to you. It's like a, you know, it's just so strange. It's such a strange place to live. So. In disguise. So. Um, you know, and then you have, okay, so that's one world you live in, right? This world, and then, and then you have this, you go, maybe you get some relief, you go, you know, you try to you go to sleep, and then you, you're living in this other strange world where witches are trying to get you, and, and you know, <laughs> or, you know, you just, you wake up and you're like, what the hell was that about, yeah. you know? Could have been in a good mood, and then you just have this, you wake up, and I just got this, the most fucked up thoughts in your head. <coughs> So, so these are the, the two worlds we kind of like try to take shelter of and, and try to find peace in. And, and, but they're just so strange, you know. Mm. So uh, with meditation, you get to access the spiritual world. And you, the person who's experiencing looking at the mind and looking at this world, that little person, that your little tiny person that is surrounded by all this big buildings and seeing out through your eyes and experiencing these dreams there's a person there you you're a person we're all persons this isn't our natural home this mental world and this this world out here it's not our natural place so a mantra is that it's a the spiritual world descended into sound so as you regularly practice this mantra meditation, you see, I am part of this world. This is my real home. This world of love. This world of, you know, just beauty and uh, happiness. Everybody desires love, shelter, happiness, peacefulness contentment and then they they this is because this is natural for us this is our natural you know we desire love because love is natural for us we desire shelter and this is natural but we take this desire and then we place it onto this crap and then we feel crazy discontentment you know because this world is just not where the shelter is not there the shelter is not in my mind so we're without shelter, you know. So as you regularly chant the mantra, 
um, then it opens up to you. At first, it sounds just like a regular sound. Then it sounds like a special, you know, it's, it's, it's not just a regular sound. There's something special about it. Then more and more, it purifies your heart. More and more, it opens up to you, just like you have a, a, a petal with its, you know, a flower with its petals closed, and it just opens up and gradually opens up. And there's layers and layers, and you, you, you enter into the sound. And then you see, <coughs> this is my real home. This is comfortable. This is, this is a, a place of love and happiness. This is where I belong. I don't belong in this concrete jungle or in this strange world of the mind, you see. So, um, as the mantra opens up to you more and more, uh, you become more and more aware of the fact that um, you are actually spirit soul. You're not this body and this world is not my real home. So, we're all aliens, <laughs> you know, we're all aliens, this place is a foreign place, you know, there's all this talk about, are aliens, do aliens exist, you can relax, we're all already here, <laughs> you know, we're, we don't belong in this, in this place, it's not our home, we're stuck here for some time, so, um, with the way to get out of it is not by putting a gun to your head because that's not going to work. The way to get out of it is developing your attachment for God. And then uh, the more you develop your attachment for God, the more the veil of this material world falls away.
Oh, I love you, 